Hi, this is Dana. And this is Max. What is that voice? It's been so long. <laughs> We're back. Max has aged 80 years. I've grown so old. <laughs> I've grown so very tired. That's uh, from something. What are we doing? Oh, you remember. We're talking about as good as it gets. A potted cast? <laughs> mm. Reminds weird? me of the good old days. Dana, stop interrupting my weird voice. It's turning a bit into a Yoda or something. I don't know. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Um, I'm not even going to address that. I'm just going to move straight on. That <laughs> podcast comes from iPod. I don't think it's that weird. It's just like kind of funny that you're like, it's it's one of those um, like vestigial yeah. things. Like the, the podcast lasted longer than the pod. Yeah. I mean, why is it? Oh, I, the one that I thought was like, why is a disc man called a disc man? Because <laughs> it comes from a walk man. But then again, walk man wasn't really a man. Yeah, well, that's it. It's like the, it's a walk man, you can walk with it. And a disc man, you can, it's, a, it's a thing for your desk. Yeah, but why is it a man? It's. I was going to say it's like the save icon on things. Like that's still a floppy yeah. disk. Or why is the Game Boy a boy? Why, why? why do we need to gender our technology? Yeah. Um, well, that's, I guess, the question, <laughs> and these are the questions that are answered in the Jack Nicholson film, As Good As It Gets. Uh, should we get started? Yeah, let's do it. They're the wrong kind of sores. They're the wrong kind of sores. They're the wrong kind of sores. They're the wrong, they're the wrong kind of sores. They're the wrong kind of sores. All right, I'm going to confess right off the bat that when you suggested we watch this movie, I thought it was Something's Gotta Give which is another Jack Nicholson movie with a like sentence-long, nonsensical title. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. Uh, they, bo- they both have Jack Nicholson like doing a weird smile on the like the cover of the movie or well, whatever. Well, that was it. I was like, oh, that one's Nancy Myers. And the poster, like the Netflix poster for this one was like Jack Nicholson holding up a dog. And I was like, it's not inconceivable that there's a dog in that Netflix, mm-hmm. in that Nancy Myers movie. Yeah. Um, so basically, it took a full 20 minutes for me to realize that this was not something's got to give and so i was just grumpy for the whole movie <laughs> i wanted to watch the one with diane keaton so something so the movie something's gotta give had to give for this movie <laughs> that was the something yeah so speaking of which how good did this movie get i would honestly say not that good they're good they're okay moments and they're great performances but it's we looked up how much money this movie made we made 150 million dollars in the u.s like it made captain marvel debut weekend money in like 1999 or 1997 or something. And yeah. it's that is like astonishing to me because this is like a quiet, like kind of weird movie. Very weird movie. Like I was saying like this would be an indie movie 10 years later, easily. That's, some- it has the vibe, it's 1997. It has the vibe of an indie movie where it's just like a, a lonely misanthrope who meets, you know, a single mother waitress. Like that's the premise of an indie movie. Yeah, and then there's a road trip, which is also very indie movie. And also... uh I what in an indie movie version probably would have been a hate crime, but in this version is just a robbery. Yeah. Um, it just is astonishing to me that this was a major, uh, like best picks, best uh, Oscar winning contender. Yeah. Nicholson and Helena Hunt both won Oscars for best actor and best actress. It it's, swept the best actor category. Mm-hmm. It's the only. It's the most recent movie. For both best best actor and best actress mm-hmm. since uh, 1991, Silence of the Lambs. I'm just looking up James L. Brooks right now. He directed the movie. Um, his, Is he a Simpsons guy? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I've heard of that. Yeah, but his next movie after this was Spanglish. Seven years later, Spanglish. You know, I actually didn't hate the movie Spanglish. I know, but Spanglish is just a weird movie. I know, but I kind of liked it. Also, there's that scene in Spanglish where he makes a sandwich and has a really <laughs> runny egg in the middle. I swear to God, this Spanglish sandwich looks so good. He makes a sandwich with a runny... Adam Sandler's a chef. And he makes a sandwich with a runny egg. And he cuts it in half. And it is the most... Outside of Studio Ghibli, it's the most delicious food i've ever like is seen it a movie. big sandwich like a dagwood sandwich no look oh. i'm gonna google spanglish sandwich it's gonna come up oh yeah like look how good that sandwich looks and a bunch of people making it well, yeah because it looks so freaking good in that movie it's like bacon uh fried egg cheese i think bacon max is a vegetarian so it's less good for him but doesn't it look good like yeah. in the movie yeah it does the runny egg the is, runny egg it's a lot it's uh very uh arresting mm-hmm but the best part of this movie, not a sandwich, 
a dog. A dog named uh, Verdell. Verdell? Verdell. 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 I was thinking, at first I was Friddell, which reminded me of one of the guys who played Ronald McDonald named Squire Friddell. What? That was his given name, Squire Friddell. That's insane. Thank mm-hmm. you for teaching me that fun fact. You're welcome. But anyway, very cute dog. Like, kind of like, not quite an underbite. It's like, he's like an ugly cute dog. I think he's just a cute, cute but dog. But he is adorable. He's so good. Very good dog actor. So, both, like, multiple times, Max and I looked at each other and we were like, this is a good dog actor. How did, they, how did you get the dog to do that? Very like, expressive. The dog, like, uh, doesn't um, step on the cracks yeah. of, on the street. It's great. It's yeah. adorable. Um, but we should get into the plot of this movie because but, that, that comment yeah. about not stepping on cracks won't make sense. Yeah, uh, the, the dog is the inciting incident of the movie in a way. Yes, yeah, so it's about uh, Jack Nicholson. Melvin Udall or something. Is his name. Yeah. And he plays a novelist, kind of like Stephen King's like prolificness. Like I think he's written like 62 I was thinking novels. Like a, yeah, like a James Patterson or something. Yeah. But like, like a more romantic James Patterson or yeah, something. Yeah, like a, a... John Grisham maybe. Yeah, like a, a pop... A yeah. pop well, not that he's not pop, but like a mainstream uh, writer um, who just hates people. He has obsessive compulsive tendencies. Yeah. It, the, the movie describes him as having like OCD, like straight up. I think he has more of an obsessive compulsive personality and disorder. And Max is the expert. I am the expert. Um, but because uh, obsessive compulsive disorder is an anxiety disorder, which is like you have like compulsive like behaviors and obsessive thoughts. And they like violently disrupt your life but this guy's life isn't violently disrupted he's just very focused on order and the right way of doing things and people aren't good enough for him and he's happy i think that's also something to point out like he's not annoyed at his own rituals like he's very happy in his life yeah, he there, likes things yeah, as they are. yeah and he's just very focused on like cleanliness and stuff which is not so much a sign of ocd as ocpd but anyway beyond that he's an ass and like <laughs> objectively not just like a curmu- like a grumpy curmudgeon he's also like actively racist yeah. in this movie and that's never redeemed he like yeah he like uses it's slurs. like he's like archie bunker is what i was thinking yeah yeah he's like archie bunker but with success and um just weird tendencies. So he like makes racial slurs. He's like homophobic. He hates Jews. Yeah, he hates Jews in New York. I know is, how. Yeah, uh, he hates Jews. Uh, to that point, hating gays in New York, but people do that anyway. Um, uh, he does it, not like his gay neighbor and his dog, and who the- is like peeing on stuff. So he throws the dog down the garbage chute. <laughs> First thing you see him do in this movie: pick up the dog. Dog pees. He throws it's him in the, the garbage. It's the opposite of save the cat. Yeah. In screenwriting, uh, famously, you're you're supposed to have your protagonist metaphorically save a cat to do a good deed to show that he's like a good person that we root for for the rest of the film this one he throws a dog down a garbage chute it's the exact opposite yeah the garbage so they're saving the cat and there's garbage shooting dog yeah i think it came out before the movie or the 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 book came out before the movie maybe i don't know uh like did it because like there'd be a fun thing that he actually referenced um i don't think it's on purpose uh you think it's on purpose that he throws a dog down a garbage chute I think it'd be very funny. Yeah, but I don't. I think this is. Yeah, it's, after. it's not saying. Or, yeah, it's not saying. Um, um, oh no, he says he references um, Lara Croft Tomb Raider to the Cradle of Life and coming up with of the course thing. that. Uh, so I guess it did come out later. He just trashed the dog beforehand. Trash. Yeah, you can either save the cat or trash the dog. Yeah, in order like, to show your protagonist is interesting enough to root for. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then Gary Greg Kinnear plays the gay neighbor in a like. A sort of homophobic portrayal, not of Greg Kinnear's part, of like the way they dress yeah, him. Yeah, the costume designer is just like, we gotta gay it up. Yeah, the costume designer has never met a gay person before. And like is like, okay, bleach his hair um, and have him in a purple tunic, unbuttoned down to the navel. Yeah, to the waist. He's got like one button done. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and he's, at, he's like hosting a party while he's doing it. He's not just like working in his like uh, studio. He's an artist. Is yeah, he's a painter. Uh, who, whose paintings... Don't look great. <laughs> yeah, not a great painter, but that doesn't matter. Um, and he loves his dog. Um, but then he goes through a... Um, he's conned into having this ragamuffin, as you called him, into his mm-hmm. home to draw. And then a gang of, of hoodlums jump him and rob him. Yeah, hit yeah, like like really brutally hit him like with like a uh, coat rack and stuff. Like really beat and him. And he ends up in the hospital like real bad. Like can't always, you know... 
beaten up. And again, the movie does not portray this as a hate crime at all. It's just more that they wanted to rob him. But I feel like a, a, a later iteration of this movie would have maybe gone Yeah, there. and like the model he gets for like um, the painting, he just like another guy gets him off the street for him. It's very weird. Like, like they all, they, that other guy doesn't come back. Yeah, the, the con is very inconsistent in how they how they arrange how the the hoodlums arranged this robbery beating. Mm-hmm. It's not a not a well thought out scheme. And also, I'd like to point out that that subplot is not resolved. Yeah, we is. never see the police get them. Yeah, I mean, they often don't. I know, but like we don't even see them follow. And we up. did we did have a painting of one of the culprits, which is and a really good like a painting that shows him very yeah, well. Yeah, with with his terrible facial hair. Yeah, very, yeah. And I, like, I don't know. It just seems very weird that like that happens and that's then not like a plot of the movie. Like, yeah. we never follow up, find out what happened to these guys, catch them. Greg Kinnear never has to deal with like PTSD. Yeah. One of the uh, hoodlums is Jamie Kennedy of yeah. Malibu's Most Wanted fame. <laughs> very important movie to my childhood. Probably no one else's. Um, uh, but that inciting incident uh leads because he's too you know beaten up and in like a full body cast he can't take care of his adorable dog his agent gets his neighbor uh melvin yep melvin Melvin. uh to take care of this dog that he hates but then it becomes endearing to him yes uh the the agent is kuba gooding jr yes dressed as 90s david s pumpkins (laughs) his is like his jackets never have like collars which is weird and his shirt is always orange always, always buttoned to the top no tie um david s pumpkins uh anyway yeah so um the other part of this story which is followed up for, for more of the plot for the first half of the movie uh and once once uh melvin has the dog and is learning to love another thing because he's like very lonely or but not lonely he's just very lonery misanthropic yeah misanthropic um and he goes to this uh, diner every day where uh, Helen Hunt waits on him. And Helen Hunt is the only waitress he can tolerate because she's the only one who puts up with his ridiculous, like, yeah. persnickety demands. Ra- and racism. And can turn, like... And can, racism. And can turn stuff back on him. And um, she's a single mother with a child who has a lot of undefined health problems. Bad um, asthma. Bad asthma gets fevers. Yeah. Um, yeah, just weird, weird thing, but she's like focused on him her entire, uh, her, her entire life and her mom lives with them and she brings a, a, like a man over, uh, to like sleep with, but can't cause her son. And he's like, yeah. the, the date's like, whoa, man, this is too real for Friday this, yeah, night. This is too much reality. This is a little for- too much reality for Friday night. I wrote it down. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote in my notes, this is a ridiculous movie. What is the conflict? There are a lot of small conflicts, but because, they just don't join up together until the end. Yeah, because sort of like at this point, we already like we have this like, uh, you know, big attack and that sort of is over. And then Jack Nicholson hates the dog. But basically, as soon as he starts taking care of it, like he kind of loves the dog. Yeah, the dog attaches to him. Because... It's like that's a very quick. It's not like they have to. It's not like the like Beethoven, like the dog causes any shenanigans. It's like, no, very quickly. I that conflict appreciate is over. that so much about this movie. Like there are a lot of dog reaction shots in this movie, like 25% of the movie. But it's <laughs> never just like the dog going like, huh? Or doing something stupid. It's like, I didn't like, like with the artist. Yeah, you didn't like the silly dog. Yeah, yeah, that's. But fair. I thought that was sort of pi- part of the the charm of the artist that it was like old fashioned. I mean, that, I mean, that movie had no charm to me. It was a pastiche. Of, it was a pastiche. It was like, it was like when people say like La La Land is like people making movies about how great Hollywood is. The artist is really that. Like, I, oh I, yeah, because I, I thought La La Land was kind of like tongue in cheek that are sort of showing the reality behind it. Yeah, like I mean, I didn't love La La Land, but like the artist, I kind of despise the thing about the artist is i felt like i enjoyed it at the time and then i immediately just wiped out of my brain like mm-hmm. i forgot there was a dog in that movie until you yeah. mentioned it Wait, his, his name was like gucky or something i truly have no idea he became like the dog has since passed away i remember when he passed away with the dog's name was gucky yeah the dog's name was gucky or something it's like something that sounds like kind of like scruffy but isn't so that's why i said gucky um as long as we're doing random asides mm. Did you, we live in Los Angeles, but I, we, I used to live in New York. Um, did you see the Anastasia on Broadway musical? I never did. Because the villain's name is Gleb. 
<laughs> and like that, I get, that is a you know a Russian name, but it was just so ridiculous in these moments where like he had a gun to her head, and Anastasia was like, "Do it, Gleb." So he did kill the Anastasia Romanov. So like they didn't, they didn't stay with Rasputin. like Rasputin and Bartok. They didn't have Bartok. No, genuinely, and they didn't do the song in the dark of the night, which is the best song from the musical. I don't remember any of the music. I in remember the dark of the night. I just remember Bartok as a terrible like Iago kind of yeah, character, and then Iago they hit a movie just about. Can you imagine a movie just about Iago? Well, that is uh, Aladdin. Two, Return of Jafar. Was, is that just about Iago? No, but he's the protagonist. Okay, because... Iago gets two songs. Wow. <laughs> I just want to hear Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> sing two songs. Um, but I, it's just... I could not take a villain seriously when she's like, Gleb! Gleb. Yeah. Where do you get Gleb? I think it is a, a, a Russian name, but like, there's a lot of Russian names. Yeah, yeah. Ivan, that's one of them. Although things that aren't names, I thought Verdell. I was like, oh, maybe it's like an allusion to something. Nothing. Nope. We Googled Verdell and the Wikipedia is like, did you mean the dog from As Good As It Gets? <laughs> it's probably like someone's name, like in their lives. In their lives, but it's not like a, a yeah. reference to like some artist. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's just weird. It's, it's weirder when, what's, what's the weirdest, like, Illusion in a movie to something else, like a character name or something, or dog name is or it something. Subtle. I always thought it was really funny as a gag, and I love you, man, that his dog's name is Anwar Sadat. No, but that's not like like that's like textual. Well, that's like, what I'm saying because the dog looks like Anwar Sadat. It's a good <laughs> joke. Um, but like, I was thinking about like Leo Bloom in the producers, or it's the name of the protagonist of Ulysses. Oh, or like that's not necessary. It's not. It doesn't mean it doesn't add anything to the work. It like what about how every character is Jesus Christ, like John Connor and mm-hmm. and um what was the the Princess of Mars movie? The Princess of Mars. The book, The Princess of Mars. Oh, Princess- John Carter. John Carter. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. need to be Jesus Christ. No, he doesn't. Um, all I could think of was like, yeah, God spell. But I was like, that is that just is Jesus. Jesus. Um. Yeah, so where were we in this movie, oh, Helen Hunt? We were, we talking, were about talking about Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt is a waitress. It's a very um, Phantom Thread vibe where he's at this diner and the, he has a big hungry boy order. <laughs> he and, does have a very big <laughs> hungry boy order. And she is sort of like a, a waitress who puts up with this persnickety uh, successful jerk mm-hmm. and give, brings him his hungry boy order. And kind of looks a little like Vicky Creeps in this yeah, movie. It's, there, there was that scene where she's taking his order where I was like, this is Phantom Thread, but not as good. Yeah, not... Jack Nicholson is no Daniel Day-Lewis in terms of hotness. That's true. Very I'm clearly. very attracted to Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes. Um, he's, like, very much my type. He's very attractive. Thank you, Max. Yes. Um, my my dad one time... he was My dad's a big fan of Daniel Day-Lewis. Who he, isn't? A yeah. fan of Day-Lewis? Yeah, he's a big fan of Day-Lewis. Um, but he he was, like... Talking to me like when I was like visiting her sometime, he's like, I was just reading this article and referred to Daniel Day Lewis as a zaddy. <laughs> he was just so confused <laughs> about the concept of just like people being attracted by to Daniel Day Lewis and also the, this kind of like uh, like queer like her, uh, terminology around. Like, I'm confused because I thought zaddy came from Zane. No. What does Zaddy come it's from? It's like, it, I'm pretty sure it's like people like uh, I playing know off da- like the sound of D. The, like, no, like, I know what like, Daddy is. No, but, but like Zam Zaddy. I'm pretty sure that's what it comes from. Am I crazy? Because I always thought it was people in like One Direction fans being like Zane is a Zaddy. Oh no, I don't. The origin, uh, there's a Ty Dollar Sign uh, song called Zaddy. Or is it just, uh, gotta go the, the, Urban Dictionary doesn't show sources. Sources. Miriam Webster, Webster. What is a Zaddy? Um, um, Zam, wait, it echoes daddy. Okay, but scroll down because I know what daddy comes from. Ty oh, dollar sign. Oh, Ty dollar sign. Black, Black China said something about a zaddy. But that's 2016. Zane, Zane existed at this point. Yeah, so, <laughs> so there's someone who's like, uh, later on it says, uh, while its influence is uncertain, it is worth noting that the term Zeta or Zadi, meaning grandfather <laughs> in Yiddish, is often used as a nickname for one's grandfather. It's true. <laughs> if it came from Zadi, I would be I so happy. I would be happy. so happy. Oh. Um, if you know the origin of, of Zadi, please yeah. write in. If you are a linguist, uh, like a... An internet. Linguist. A forensic linguist and can um, look this up for us. I want to point out, I am someone who uh, is sometimes attracted to older gentlemen. Sometimes? I th- sometimes. <laughs> once every, once in a while. Um, and I 
do not find Jack Nicholson attractive in this movie at all. No. Maybe it's like the overt racism. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like what was the last movie that Jack Nicholson was hot in? I don't think he's ever been hot. Oh, no, no, he's hot in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I was going to say Chinatown. I've never He's good looking in Chinatown. Is he? Yeah. No need for anyone to watch Chinatown now because it's made by a child rapist. Yeah. But he is pretty good looking in that. Yeah, he's pretty good looking in that. Yeah. But uh, he is genuinely sexy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Mm -hmm. I think. Also, it's sort of like that bad boy confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's good looking there. Anyway, back to the plot of the movie, which the movie doesn't. Him being attractive is the plot of the movie. Is he supposed to be attractive? I feel like she's not supposed to be attracted to him, but she's just drawn to his like weirdness because he's just a weird weird but guy like, and he does he so and basically well that's it i'm like he's not that generous or like thoughtful i just don't know what she sees in him genuinely mm-hmm. i know it's like she grows to love him but like i do not buy this relationship at all mm-hmm. he so she has to quit her job at the diner because it's a long commute and her son is sick and she wants to spend time closer to home with her son because he's like getting sicker, and mm-hmm. it's hard for her to get good doctor care. But he's rich, and he wants his diner waitress. So he gets calls in a favor and gets a, like a private doctor, who's the husband of one of his like publishers. Yeah, to, played by Harold Ramis. Oh yeah, doctor. Harold Ramis, a, a, a puffy Harold Ramis, a very puffy Harold Ramis. Um, yes. And uh, she's like, "Oh, thank you so much." And he's like, "Don't thank me. I just wanted you to be my waitress again," which is sort of just like a creepy, slavey indentured servant i just don't like it yeah it's, it wasn't just a nice thing out of the goodness i mean it of his is heart. it is a ridiculous thing that like if if you were really just trying to buy her he could do less yeah well he did it just so she could be his waitress uh-huh. he's well, like one of those rich people who just wants everything just so and uh-huh. wants everyone to play be his little yeah. toy yeah it's creepy i don't like it Mm-hmm. And, um, and um, yeah, that changes her life, and she's really trying to have to deal with this. Like, my life has entirely changed. Like, the like the the order of my life is upset in a good way, but I don't know how to manage it because I don't know what to center my life around because I've centered my life around my son for so long and such. And she's like, I don't, I haven't, I've been alone for so long, and now I don't know how to think about myself. Yeah, which is like, and she's got like her big like oscar scene like sitting at this table talking to her mom talking to her mom writing this like letter of thanks to um melvin and she's just like it, it's it's pretty good and like it, it gets to the point of like when people like center their life around like someone else and then that changes and trying to like figure out who you are after that that change now, that like, letter yeah. writing scene that's an oscar clip yeah i watched that and i'm like i see why she got the oscar Jack Nicholson, I don't know why he got the Oscar for, for this. Yeah, I it's don't. It's not like a challenging role being like kind of a, he's like a 60-year-old curmudgeonly kind of racist. Yeah, I don't see why, like it seems like he's, like toned down the racism. And it seems like what everyone thinks Jack Nicholson is. He's like in real life. It's just yeah. sort of like hanging out. Um, Greg Kinnear, I think, was also nominated, which is yeah. fine. I thought, he was, I thought he was pretty good, like in it. Like I like Greg Kinnear. I'm a big Greg Kinnear fan. Mm-hmm. He's also in uh, You've Got Mail, which I love. Oh yeah, he is. And the Call thing about this is this this definitely is a rom com because it's like a comedy about these two people trying to come together, sort of. Even mm-hmm. though, but um, he sort of undoes the gay. He's sort of like a proto gay best friend trope. But 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 in a totally different. And one. he's like has his own like arc and is fulfilled yeah. like in the movie. Um, yeah. So we have this great scene. Um, after of Helen Hunt with the with the uh, at the table, and then we have a scene where she like goes to Melvin's apartment, <laughs> yeah, and she's like, it's like pouring rain and it's dripping wet, and you see her walk into there. You can see her bra. She's wearing her a shirt. bra. But then when she turns around, she's not wearing one very clearly. Um, and you're like, wait, what? And you're like, well, they just wanted to show nip. Yeah, but wasn't this movie like PG thirteen? The rules were so different. Did PG-13 even exist yet? Yes, it did. It existed in the 80s. Rated. It doesn't say. Rating. Try to type in rating. No. Nope. I mean... Maybe this movie was unrated. This movie went into the theaters unrated. It gets rated. I think it's rated. Probably rated R. Yeah. Oh. Oh, originally rated R because it's strong. PG-13. Yeah, there's one F. There's one F. There's a... Nudity and a beating. A beating, yeah. Oh, the yeah. Greg Canary. Yeah. yeah, so there is, like, so, yeah, you see this very suggestive scene, and she, but she realizes it, and she's, like, pulling out her shirt, like, the whole time and covering it. <laughs> it's very, it. it's, it's kind of charming. Yeah, but she goes there just to say, like, I won't sleep with you. And you're like, why did you do this? 
It's because she's just like he's on her mind in this yeah. weird way. Yeah, and he doesn't. He seems kind of like weirded out by it because he wasn't trying to do that, and he just kind of messes with her because of <laughs> it. He's like, "Well, then, I think he says like the no sexos yeah. don't get like don't get to come in after <laughs> nine or something." <laughs> it's just like there's so many weird things about this movie. It's so weird, and so then at this point, the Greg Kinnear uh, gay neighbor plot need to take care of his dog thing is wrapping up because, and even though this is where like a 40% through the movie, Greg Kinnear comes back to the hospital and he wants his dog back. Um, and the dog likes Melvin better. Yeah. And he's, and he's running out of money. Yeah. So like his agent's like, you need to paint more. And he's like, I can't paint or draw and do anything anymore. And he's like, then go talk to your parents about it. Like, well, they kicked me out or whatever. And also he's stitched up like Frankenstein. Yeah. Stitched up like Frankenstein, like very big wide stitches. Um, so they go on a road trip using Cuba Gooding Jr.'s car. So the, na- the Cuba Gooding Jr., as a favor, asked Jack Nicholson again to do this. This neighbor that he had never met up until or prior, the same neighbor he had been like, take care of my client's dog, is like, hey, take my car and take my client to go see his parents. And Jack Nicholson brings Helen Hunt just a zany well he says because like he's afraid that greg kinnear is gonna like pounce on him which is gross but also not true from and also homophobic just, yeah yeah that's what i mean yeah. he's like i don't think he really believes it he's just trying to come up with some excuse to um to get her over um but yeah so the three of them i think at this point i managed we wrote seriously goofy yes oh yeah um, no he's like she was like she was talking about like why is why am i so bothered by this serious oh there's a seriously goofy man oh, behind yeah. this <laughs> they call him seriously goofy yeah which is a, my favorite uh oxymoron mm-hmm. seriously i mean it should have been extremely goofy man behind <laughs> this and it was goofy himself <laughs> this extremely goofy movie what is it? What are the Goofy's last? What's Goofy's last name? I think actually Goofy is his last name. Is, so is he Goofy? Goofy, <laughs> Goofy last name because oh Max Goof. Goof. Mac. His son's name is Max Goof. Oh, so Goofy is like a nickname. Nickname. Okay. Goof. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's their last name. Okay. Were you attracted to anyone in the Goofy movie when you were younger? I was attracted to Max Goof. Okay, why did that happen to so many people? Because he's kind of like, he wears a sweatshirt, yeah. and he's like, the, has that kind of cocky confident, but is still wounded. But the girl, too. Like, like it's like a... Well, there's that scene of her in the field. I don't um, remember that. You will. Did you ever see a Goofy <laughs> yes, movie? Yes, I have. A Goofy movie field scene. I feel like this is like what kinks were made of. He's <laughs> like... Her, oh jeez! Her like lying. There's a the opening scene is a dream and that becomes a nightmare. It's like the girl that he has a crush on like lying in a field. Jeez! And like blowing a dandelion. That's right. A, that's like very that's sexual. A lot. Yeah, that's a lot. So that's how people have crushes on her because like it was like that. I feel like her face shape is changing between the. the I feel like the draw the artists were a bit. I don't know. goosey with some. There's of something just like Max Goof was like had that. Sc- yeah, he he had. And when he sang in front of the whole school, yeah, had lip sync. That was cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Powerline was hot. Powerline is is Bruno Mars hot. <laughs> Except he's tall. <laughs> Even hotter than than uh, Bruno Mars. Um. So they go on the road trip <laughs> back to this movie. Um. And some weird stuff happens, and we learn why Greg Kinnear can't talk to his family, which is the weirdest story. Oh, a really weird and sexual story. Yeah. So he's always been like an artist. And he wasn't, like, ever since he was, like, like seven or whatever. And his, like, mom was very encouraging of it. And she would sit for nudes. And he was, while well, he was a young boy. He and would, he didn't think anything was wrong with it, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful sentiment in some level. while going, while she was in, yeah. going into the bath. Especially since, like, he's not, like, like, he, like, he's a gay man. He was not, like, attracted to his mother. He's just like, oh, this is beautiful. I love my mother. She's a good I love subject. Form. I love I love drawing. It's a beautiful sentiment on some level. But then his dad finds out <laughs> and like never like refuses to speak to him for like so long and then just hands him a wad of money as he's like about to leave for college and often says never to come back again. It's so sad. It's very sad. And now he's finally coming back and it's it's he calls his mom his mom and dad and they don't answer. Um and so that's why they're going down down there, even though they haven't talked to him for so long. It's like really weird, like, hey dad, hey mom, haven't talked to you for like ten years, but money please. I mean, he wasn't a real it's not like he needs money because he like 
screwed up his life. Like, he was in a very bad accident and couldn't pay for it. Yeah. Like, this is also a movie about how broken the healthcare system is. Yeah, he has to pay, he's like $60,000 or yeah. something. He's in medical bills. So but. it's like, I don't know. It's less like I had a gambling problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like his own irresponsibility. Yeah. It was but like, like got in a really bad situation. Yeah. Um, so. But then, and he can't paint anymore, but then uh, Helen Hunt is getting into the bath and he sees her naked back and he's like, I must paint you. Yeah. And then did he, he draw you. He's got I, charcoal. And yeah, there's... Uh, You're why cavemen chiseled on walls. Yeah, it's a very good line. And then she's like, I'm so shy. But then as soon as he starts drawing her, she's, she's like, but, she, but, but, but. But, but, yeah. Gives you, give you some butt cleft and uh, a nip. Um, it was like, I, I feel like 1997 was a big year for single nips. That and Titanic. That's the, Those are the only two examples I have, but... Well, this is also a year of men sketching naked women in yeah. PG-13 movies. Both, both, yeah, maybe. This is the year where it's like, you know what we should do? Naked sketch. Erotic sketching. People love sketches. <laughs> People are really getting back into sketches. No you have to put ever, this on screen. No one has ever naked sketched me. I've had a, a small sample size of sexual partners, and, and I'm now kind of being like, was no one formed by the year 1997? Yeah, I mean, I was never sketched. Yeah. I mean, and look at these big muscles. They got me sketched. Look at these big muscles. <laughs> Just go on the record. Max just said, look at these big muscles. They gotta be sketched. Max is a buff baby. I can dance like a man. Um, uh, so continuing. Don't, ladies, he's off the market. Don't get your hopes up. Um, uh, what else? So that same, like, they stop for a night, and that's where the, the, the sketching happens. We'll but before s- that. Oh, before that, she goes on a disastrous date. That's actually kind of funny. It's, yeah, I think it's It's, like, quite a very good funny scene. With Melvin. Because he, like, they go out to a restaurant, and he hasn't, he hasn't packed correctly. Yeah. He thought he packed correctly, but he didn't. And he the didn't restaurant needs a, a coat, tie coat and a tie. tie. And he won't wear the one that they offer him, so he goes out. <laughs> it's actually very funny where she's like, oh, I, I bet they dry clean this all the time. And then the, the maitre d' is like, actually, no. Yeah, actually. No, we don't. <laughs> At least Actually, he's I don't think so. Yeah. Um. So he goes out, runs like runs out. He's like, I need a coat and tie. And the guy's like, Oh, yeah. So what do you need? And I was like, oh, no, like, no, I need that that coat, that tie. Runs back. He looks fine. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Pretty good for an off the rack coat. Uh, but then he's really mean to her. He's like, she's in a house dress. Yeah, he says she's in a house dress, and she's like in like a nineties version of a fifties dress. There's yeah. like that nineties style. It's very like Monica and Friends. Yes. Um. And. Uh, she's like, you're going to have to like give me a really good compliment now. And then he does, and the really good compliment is you make me want to be a better man. Yeah, it's, it's like kind of drawn out, and he doesn't know how to do it, and it's it's, it's quite good, because like, there's a version of this movie. Yeah. I believe it was first written in this movie where they don't get together in the end. Yeah, that makes... To, honestly, that tracks to me, because we're going to get to this, but I don't think this, this pair belongs together. Yeah, I think that would have maybe been like a better movie. And like, there's like a genre of this kind of movie where like a an older man strikes up a friendship with a younger woman and has a like a zest for the rest of his life yeah they like gains it so he's able to like put on the right track like there was that harry dean stanton movie his last movie um it came out like right before he died or right as he died lucky oh it's yeah. kind of like that um what else I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but I feel like that's like a that's like a thing, or like it can happen the other way around too, like where a, a younger man brings some like vivacity to an older woman's life. Um, yeah. But and that's what this could have been, um, but like a really weird version of one of those, and they didn't have to end up together because he's like sixty, she's like thirty three or thirty four. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's you like know I mean it's not too big. I go of on a, record to say it's yeah, it's not too big, but it is like it is significant. I mean, I'm saying it's not out of the question. It's not out of the question. Yeah, no, it's a weird dynamic. And also, these I don't think he's ready for a relationship. He's a very bad person. Yeah. Which is funny and like leads to good scenes and good comedies, but he's not like an endearing romantic love interest to me. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see what... The, I mean, he's got a lot of money. Maybe some people need that. Maybe some people really want that. But like, it didn't seem like... She seemed fine. You know, she was grateful to have the doctor, but like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but um, they, yeah, they have this date, and then it goes bad because he says, "Like, I, 
like, I couldn't tell if you said like I wanted you to or I thought you were going to sleep with. I think he him. was like joking, where he's yeah, like, someone. "I just kind of brought you because I thought you'd sleep with what's his name," and then he'd start painting again. Yeah, the gay one. Yeah, and like it's really weird, and she she's like, "Wait, what?" I and mean, it like, is really rude. It's like very rude. It's not just rude. It's kind of like nonsensical. Yeah, and they get in a fight. Yeah, and then she she runs she runs back to the, back there, and then the whole the whole uh, sketching things happens where he actually where she actually does bring him back to uh, bring him back to uh, painting. This movie does get the best uh, burn of all time, which is the best thing you've got going for you. You is your willingness to humiliate yourself, mm-hmm. which just should is the burn for the best. people. What's the context time. of that? Um, I think they're just being mean to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, like Dana said, said also, like, that's like 90% of people on Twitter. Honestly, I want to just like save that burn. The best thing you've got going for you is your willingness to humiliate yourself. And just like, I want to get, I want to gift this and like just apply it to every, that would be almost good. everything. Yeah. Is it gift? There, it. there has to be a gift. So, oh, Simon Bishop says it. The, the, um, Greg Kinnear says it. Yeah. So, um, they drive back. It's kind of weird. Um, he tries to play a song. There's a gif. I'm going to save this gif. Uh, he plays a song on the radio. Uh, Jack Nicholson does. like Because um, he's got like these playlists. This, these playlists that are labeled as like icebreakers. When you need to like uh, like say something particular or something. It's so and cute. It's like a love song and she doesn't want to hear it. And they drive back and um, Greg Kinnear moves in with... Um, into Melvin's spare room, and um, and then it's sort of like this happy ending. And then, I, I mean, like it takes a while to get to the happy ending because, like, she because she and Simon, uh, Greg Kinnear, become very good friends because of this. And she and he and he's like, you gotta give, like, you gotta talk to Melvin. She's like, I don't want to. And then he comes by, um, uh, Helen Hunt's apartment, and like. It doesn't quite give a profession of love, but they go out for warm rolls yeah. or something. Oh at no, four they, in the morning. he comes over at four in the morning, and she's like, "It's four in the morning," and he's like, "Well, we, it's it's a really good speech." She's like, "We'll take a walk. We'll go to the bakery, and then we'll be at the bakery right when it opens." And then mm-hmm. we're not two people in the middle of the night. We're just two people who like warm rolls. Yes, yes, it's, it's very good. cute. Yeah. Um. So then they're out walking, and then they kiss, and then they kiss again. Like, because like, it's, like, it's a cute, it's a cute kiss. This is weird, and then he's like. I gotta do that again, and they do a much better kiss. And then they're walking back, and he's not stepping, or he's stepping on the cracks now. He's not worrying about like all the His little tendencies. Things. Yeah. Yeah. And then they end up at the bakery. Um, yeah, it's it's it feels like I don't like the ending is cute, but it feels like the ending of another movie. It's so weird. The ending does just feel sort of like plugged on. I will say, I think there's a really good movie in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little over long. This movie's over two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, it's it's a long movie, which is why we're recording, because we watched it Friday night, and then we're like, we can't record now. It's late. Yeah. And so we're recording this late. Uh, very long movie. Also, I kind of wish that it was, you know how some movies like are divided? They do like one, and then mm-hmm. like blah, 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 two. Like there's different segments. Mm-hmm. I do sort of wish this movie was segmented, because the plot is so fragmented, and sort of keeping it as one whole movie, I was just sort of like, the momentum didn't hold me because I was like, there's the storyline about the dog and then there's the storyline about her and then there's the storyline about going back to meet his parents. It's like there's four or five movies in mm-hmm. this one movie that I, and I almost never wish this, but I do wish it did that stylistic thing of being like section one, section two. Mm-hmm. Um, also the title, terrible title. I don't like vague nonsense. Do they do they not say it? In he does movie? say it. Yeah. He's leaving therapy. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. looks at all the other people in therapy and goes, "What if this is as good as it gets?" And I was like, "Ha ha!" But like this title's so bad, I was like, "This is also something's got to give." I mix them up. You can't name your movies that. <laughs> I mean, they, sh- they there are many opportunities in this movie where they could have said something's got to give here. Yeah, or something. he is. He's a walking definition of something's got to give. <laughs> And the restaurant manager, I feel like, would say that a lot when he's like, there are Jews at my table. Yeah, when he does get kicked out of the restaurant, everyone stands up and claps. It's yeah. very good. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, there are bits of this movie that... I, I Helen Hunt is amazing in this movie. I think that She's this great. Is, like, there's like the writing scene of the letter, and she's trying to like talk to him about it because he won't read it. 
she's like she like takes it out and it's like 13 it's pages so long. cute and she like finds like bits that she really wants to tell him and then she's like she's like falling apart and she's like oh i'm just gonna start from the beginning and it's just so much pathos in this woman and she's not just like some like a stereotype of a like a brassy kind of waitress, uh, waitress yeah. kind of thing she's i will i agree it's like it's a very unique movie in a good way where there's like a lot of really well-written scenes. It's almost more of a play than a yeah, movie. Yeah, I, think. I, I thought this would also, this could also be a play. There's like, if you cut out like the driving, like this would be a very good play. I mm-hmm. think the scenes, because it's like interesting characters struggling to connect and learn and grow. And it's like, it's paced more like a play. Can you imagine how long this would be as a play though? I would think that you have to cut it. If they cut it, it would be a play. Yeah. Don't add anything. Mm-hmm. Cut down the scenes that wouldn't work in a play. I mean, the dog wouldn't work as well in the play. You, well, you wouldn't have the dog supply. Oh, come on. I mean, you need the dog. But the ferryman has like has like geese. You maybe you could have a yeah, dog. Yeah, but but there's never like a goose reaction you shot. I mean, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. The the dog is good at little moments. The dog is uh, a, as opposed is to a, many other dogs. It's a it's a really good actor dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it, it is a weird movie. I mean, I guess I like it because it doesn't feel like any other movie. Mm-hmm. It's just a little overlong and a little um, off-balanced, I think, in terms of its pacing. Yeah, you need to change uh, Melvin. Like, you need to make him, like, more sympathetic. I mean, than... his racism is never addressed. No one ever confronts him about being shitty. Yeah, yeah Cuba Gooding Jr. just kind of, like, is, like, He's just trying to get at me, which he might—he might be, but still, that's a terrible thing way to get at someone just being mean like that. I mean, everyone basically is like, "Oh, Melvin," with your reaction, but like, he still is a racist. He's a, he's a jerk, nonetheless. <laughs> he's a jerk. Like, 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 the way that Phantom Thread gets away with it is that he is like a genuine, like, great artist, and like he has to do some of these things for his work, but and, like he just really gets into it. And, and also, he gets punished. I mean, he gets. He is a cocky jerk on top of the world, and then those tables turn yeah, in an yeah. interesting way. And then, and then he's vomiting in the toilet. And but that never, we never get that um, yeah. subversion here. We never get the tables turning. Mm-hmm. Oh, Leah Michelle got married. Yeah, sorry. I'm just, I'm just wanted to see her dress. I don't like strapless wedding dresses. I, I have no opinions. I feel like there she are many wedding though. dresses that I she like, and knows. I don't know what unifies them. Can you imagine someone who doesn't look really happy on their wedding day? Even if people aren't really happy, they've got to be performative. <laughs> Especially if people make Oh, that, that dude, that it. dude does not look that happy. He's just cheesing. He's cheesing for the camera. Dead eyes. Oh, this is cute. Um, anyway. Anyway, I think we've covered it. Yeah, we've covered most things in this movie, but I, I, I want to, I want some way to kind of salvage this. One, make Jack Nicholson hotter. Two, cut down some of it. Three, redeem his his racism or make him less no just don't make him a racist just yeah. make make him make him have like some like just make him mean but just, not racist just, yeah yeah just yeah, just make him mean and exacting and like that that comes from somewhere in his life like i mean yeah. as as like they do in phantom thread or something and like more holly hunt helen hunt helen hunt you got holly, holly hunter jeez more Helen Hunt. Her character is the best part of this movie. She's so good. I. And she's very funny. Yeah. If, if like... they if they centered it on her and then just this guy coming into her life, I think that would be a a nice like reversion from the uh, like common the more more traditional or like kind of patriarchal way of telling the story. Because we just start off with Jack Nicholson. You hate him. You get you get a good moment with him. But like, why is the movie centered around him when the more like relatable and moving character is uh, pushed off a little bit. I mean, we never really find out why Jack Nicholson's character is the way he is. Yeah. We never, like, get a backstory of, like, why he's an asshole now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how else this movie could be redeemed? Better wardrobe for Greg Kinnear. Yes. Do you know they originally wanted uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush? Rush? Yeah. Like, the wardrobe is just very 90s. And it's so 90s. Like, so many, like, poofy, like, short sleeve shirts that actually go below oh, the elbow. Oh, it's so bad. The short sleeve button-down shirts, but, like, long, like, baggy short sleeve button-down yeah, shirts. It's, it's like, like swooshing, <laughs> swooshing cap sleeves. It's like you can imagine every single, like, um, outfit the central three characters wear could be worn to a Jimmy Buffett concert <laughs> or something. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, this is a, this is a Jimmy Buffett fashion shoot. This movie. <laughs> <laughs> They're not enough Hawaiian shirts though. They're just like these bad. 
short sleeve shirt. Yeah, fashion. This is his restraint. <laughs> it's like a fashion collection. Is, is, is this is this runway? Yeah, this, this is, is runway. runway not ready to wear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, anything we need to catch about the movie tropes and stuff? It kind of does a good job, like. It subverts trap. I mean, yeah, it doesn't for, for a '90s movie. This is a very sympathetic portrayal of it, and like, like of a gay man. I think. yeah, we get a nuanced. It's a it's a rom com with a gay side character who is nuanced, goes through an arc, has interiority, has a has a um yeah has emotions that change and shift, and relationships with other characters that uh-huh. aren't static. Yeah. Um. We got, we, I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr. is a black best friend, but black best friend who has, like, can tell people to do stuff, not just because, like, you should be doing this, but, like, I am your agent. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, in, like when, when TV shows or movies, like, just put, like, a, a, like, a black person in a position of power just to, like, to do it. Like, we have a black judge in this, in this yeah. TV show. We can't be racist. He's, he's eminent in this. <laughs> yeah, even though it's just, like, one scene where he just bangs like, a gavel. Mm, as John Lennon says, mm. I'll allow it. Yeah, exactly. He just does that and presses his hand on his or his head on his hand. But you better be going somewhere with this McCoy. That's me doing John Mulaney doing oh. a Law and Order judge. I couldn't tell. <laughs> Can you do a John Mulaney impression? We've done this before on this podcast. Do it again. Dana. Do it again. It brings me joy. Um, I don't. I, uh... I don't know. All I can think of is like, I can't think of the full joke, but like, look at this guy walking down the street. He's got feminine hips. Nah, that's the thing I'm sensitive about. Yeah. Um, I think that that about wraps it up. Yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time for Dana before she has to do a John Mulaney impression or thinks about one or yeah, John Mulaney's it's a, wife. It's a ticking clock. I think about John Mulaney and his wife, Anna Marie Tendler, on a daily <laughs> the whole basis. Full name. <laughs> You have to say the full name and she's a serial killer or something. <laughs> Anne-Marie Tenlin Mulaney. Or an assassin. Well, we don't know. She's very small. She's, she's, a, she's very small. Like Dr. Ruth, who was a <laughs> sniper in the, Israeli. Like, yeah, in the Israeli army. Don't know how to feel about that. Um, yeah. Oh, the music. We didn't talk about oh, the music. Oh, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. He, like, it feels like he's quoting Que Sera, Sera constantly. That's what you said. You know, Hans Zimmer is a rom-com secret weapon. Yeah. He's in my favorite rom com, The Holiday. Yeah, he, yeah, he does. Um, yeah, it, it was his life before the the Brahms. Brahm. Yeah, not Brahms, but Brahms. We need to get uh, Hans Zimmer. We should start a, a GoFundMe of get Hans Zimmer back to rom coms. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, we need like rom coms. I think they're coming back. I know they're coming back, but like not maybe not in like the weird like. 90s way because i feel like 90, 90s rom-coms have a distinct feel from 2000s rom-coms okay but this I, is a fact but uh, unless true. unless it's uh like the holiday but i'm gonna say uh set it up and to all the boys i loved both felt like old school rom-coms no because old school rom-coms have like a like this one was two two hours and 15 minutes like they've got like a like a that's weird not good flabbiness I, like i think all all movies all movies rom-coms or not should be peaked at a tight 90 <laughs> is your movie's over 90 minutes take a long look in the mirror directors point at yourself and be like who do you who do i think i am yeah i mean that's why we liked uh isn't, isn't it romantic a lot because it was just like 90 minutes yeah we're like perfect they knew what it was they got in Mwah, chef's kiss if you if you're a director who's making a movie that's longer than 90 minutes who do you think you are that movie was 90 minutes with a dance sequence at the end perfect that's exactly a rom-com Regular non-rom-coms can be 90 minutes pre-credits. Mm-hmm. Rom-coms need to be full 90, walk out of the theater. Yeah, with an entertaining credit yeah. <laughs> Whether it's bloopers, a sing-along. Oh, God, I need no bloopers. Like, the only bloopers that were ever good were Pixar movies, and they stopped doing that at a good time when they... Like, I, did, I love the idea of Pixar uh, Pixar bloopers. bloopers. Just because they, they have to do so much extra work to make these things exist. I know, exist. they have to make, like, a second movie. Wait, Hans Zimmer was a musician on Jason X? Uh, yep. Whoa. Guitar. He didn't, he didn't conduct it. He just did guitar. Wait, composer. Maybe he did com... Yep. Nope. 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 Just the guitar. Yeah. He just played guitar on Jason X. Did not compose it. <laughs> yeah. So we're getting off base now, but as, as Dana said, uh, I don't think they stay together either. I, but I think they've got like a private live situation, like the Noel Coward play where they like, um, are with each other, hate each other go apart, like get married to different people, but yeah. end up gravitating back towards each other. I think that's fair. I just don't think that these people seem like they'll be happy together. 
I think they'll be happier together than they were apart. Yes, but I think there's they're gonna fight. I don't know. I was like, there's just not enough like romance. I think both of them will start feeling better about themselves um, look what and I'm, learn to be better about themselves. This is the movie Hans Zimmer Chappie! did. Chappie! Hans Zimmer Chappie! Uh, anyway, but I think they'll both start feeling better about themselves. I think yeah. he'll stop being quite as much of a jerk because he feels less insecure. And less lonely. And less He's lonely. learned that he can be with people. And uh, she feels will feel obviously more financially stable. Um, but we maybe never she feels like she can do better than him. We never get a scene of him with her son. Which is weird. Yeah. I feel like in a movie like this, you'd expect I mean, you do like see a, a little bit where it's like, um, uh, she t- he tells him to do like a, like some stuff about manners, and she's like very defensive. Um, yeah. And uh, she's like, you can't do that to my son. She's, and then she's later like, I was overreacting a bit. But we don't get like a tender scene no, with her son. No, because That's what I'm saying. we don't really get a tender scene from him at all. We get like romantic scenes, but they're not tender in their romance yeah i was being like i feel like in a different movie there's a scene where like he does something sweet with her son and she's just like in the doorway watching you know what I mean? Can yeah. you see that yeah of course like, like he's like teaching him how to whatever yeah like like uh the holiday or yeah, yeah exactly music and lyrics where he does his little dance dance revolution yeah. um yeah i think i i liked parts of this movie if this me movie too were, if this movie were an hour 50 I would be quite a big fan of you this You know how movie, I th- I how long I think this movie needs to be? 90 minutes? Tight 90! I don't think this movie could be tight 90. <laughs> That's this movie's problem. Uh, there are scenes in this movie I really like. Yeah. There's really good dialogue and there's memorable dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's well written. The pacing is a little weird to me. But yeah, you know what? If it was if it was an hour 50, I would have been, been more on board. Yeah, it's not James L. Brooks' best movie. Wait, um, two hours? Two hours, 15 minutes is well, how many? How long is that? That's, 135. 135 minutes? No, 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 but it's... No, but two hours and... Two, uh... 215. How many... This is more than an hour. How many hours is this movie? It's 215. It's two hours oh, and 15 minutes. Oh, it's 15 minutes. minutes. It's, not, it's not 215 minutes. <laughs> My brain is broken. I'm sorry. Uh, this Yeah, if this movie were three hours and 35 minutes... That's why. I was trying to do that math in my head, and I was like, that's not right. This movie, a three-hour, 35-minute movie would... It's way too long. That's that's beyond like Lord of the Rings level. That's like um, a Japanese art movie. Yeah, th- if this movie was under two hours, it would be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Well, uh, catch us next week. We'll start doing. I'm back in town. I'm a human being again. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. They are the world.